Hello and welcome to Her Health Podcast. I'm Dr. Allison Groff, board certified OBGYN and board certified obesity medicine doctor. This new podcast is designed to cover important aspects of women's health. And by important, I mean those topics that are important to you. If you're listening, this is your podcast. I hope to answer your questions. Hello and welcome to Her Health Podcast. Today, I'm going to talk to you about a trip to the gynecologist. Um, I'm going to face the facts. I love being a gynecologist, but I'm pretty sure most people don't enjoy coming to see me in my professional capacity. I think it's pretty true um, in general about the gynecologist. Um, Essentially, it's a contest between coming to see me or the dentist. And I'm pretty sure that for a lot of women, we went out more than 50% of the time because coming to us is uh, almost as bad or worse. The good thing is that if there's something that you're feeling a little nervous about or a little uncomfortable about, getting good information can really make the difference between feeling comfortable, just kind of knowing what to expect. So that's why I'm going to talk about this today. Before I get into the meat of this topic, I just want to point out that there's a lot of GYN jokes and humor out there and just want to shout out to Inside Amy Schumer because one of my favorite skits came out last year um, and it shows the attending gynecologist with his three medical students and he says to them, 90% of gynecology is about how long you have people wait before you go in and see them because they're waiting without their clothes on. I mean, something along those lines. Anyways, he basically says the key to the GYN exam is the timing and how long they have to wait. Too soon, and the patient trips over herself trying to get a leg out of her pants and hits her head on the table. Too long, and the patient has been through the entire exam room stock and turned the models into hairbands and is eating a potato. And so you have to get it just right. Anyways. It made me laugh. But moving on to the meat of our topic now, we're going to talk about what to expect with your visit. So maybe this is your first time going to the gynecologist, or maybe you've been a lot of times, but it still feels pretty intimidating. I'm making this episode for you. We are going to break down the visit and discuss it. So first of all, why are you going? There are three main reasons that you usually go to the gynecologist for. An annual exam, um, a problem visit, because something's not quite as you expect, or a procedure. First, you might be wondering how you should prepare for your visit. Before going to the gynecologist, some people are thinking a lot about hair removal, shaving or hair removal of the vulva, of the legs. It may be important to you. Let me reassure you, it doesn't matter to us. You should be as you are and come with whatever your preference is. If you feel most comfortable preparing that way, that's right. But if you're not somebody who removes hair in that area, don't feel pressured to do that for us. To quote Ted Lasso, we don't not care. We care very much. We care about who you are. In other words, you should be comfortable and you should be yourself exactly as you are. It is best to avoid any unnecessary vaginal cleansers, lubrications, and it may be best to hold up on intercourse just before your pap smear. 
they can cause some inflammation and they might obscure the results from the exam. So that's the reason behind that. Another big concern is, well, your period started a little bit earlier than you were expected. You may be scheduled around it. What should you do? Being on your period is not always a problem. I mean, certainly if you're coming for a problem visit related to bleeding, we kind of expect that you might be bleeding. So that in and of itself isn't a problem. For certain exams or procedures, if you have a heavy flow, it could be difficult. So please feel free to call ahead and just check if you can still come or if it would be better to reschedule. Okay, so let's talk about your annual exam and the components. When you come in to the office, you will check in at the front desk, pretty standard stuff, usually insurance or payment is verified, and you may sign off on some privacy forms like HIPAA. Um, be sure if you want to receive uh, voicemails or text messages, or if you want uh, a mom or a husband or a partner or a friend to be able to call and help you out with any kind of scheduling or questions, that you put them down on that information. Um, and if you're returning after several years, or if you're a new patient, you'll be asked to fill out a health history. It's really important to know what medications you are taking. If it is more than a few, it may be easier to bring a list of medications because we'll want to know the doses of the medications and the frequency. Okay, so let's talk about your annual exam and the components. When you come in to the office, you will check in at the front desk, pretty standard stuff, usually insurance or payment is verified, and you may sign off on some privacy forms like HIPAA. Um, be sure if you want to receive uh, voicemails or text messages, or if you want uh, a mom or a husband or a partner or a friend to be able to call and help you out with any kind of scheduling or questions, that you put them down on that information. Um, and if you're returning after several years, or if you're a new patient, you'll be asked to fill out a health history. It's really important to know what medications you are taking. If it is more than a few, it may be easier to bring a list of medications because we'll want to know the doses of the medications and the frequency. Once you're called back, the medical assistant will check your vital signs, so blood pressure, weight, height, heart rate, respirations, oxygen saturation. If there's something else specific that they need to measure, then they'll do it at that time. Um, and of course, if there's something you're really not comfortable with, make sure you ask about that at that time. Um, they may also ask you to change into a gown, and in that case, they may give you a gown and a drape to cover your lap. Okay, so I've had a lot of patients who are like, Doc, you're totally seeing every part of me. Like, who cares? We know that. And it sometimes for some people, it seems silly. But for others, you'll feel this. You'll feel this deeply. So we want to give you the privacy to change and to give you the drapes um, to show that we respect you and that although we're going to see certain areas that nobody else would see, that's only within the context of examining them for health. And then outside of that, we want you to feel comfortable when you're talking to us, when you're asking questions. So that's kind of what all that's about, even though I know sometimes it can seem a little bit silly. The next part of the appointment will be the history. So this is basically talking to the doctor. Um, it usually starts with a conversation. When I come into the room, I usually just ask how you're doing. Um, and then the next question is if you have any significant health changes since you were here last and also if you have any specific concerns for today's visit. Um, if you're coming for an annual, annual exam, this can include a discussion about your current birth control and any additional birth control or questions on that front. The focus of the annual exam will be preventative health care, 
um, if you're having any problems, they may come up at that time. Now, if it's a significant problem and it warrants a detailed workup, maybe specialized treatment, you'll most likely be asked to return to um, further develop that plan. Okay, let's talk about the pelvic exam. I know a lot of you worry about this beforehand, so let's break it down. First, the pelvic exam and the pap smear are not synonymous. They're not the same thing, and I think that that is one of the biggest myths that we face. A pelvic exam is a physical exam, so it's much more broad than just the pap smear. In a pelvic exam, we check the general pelvic health. It starts with an external exam looking at the vulva, which is the area where your pubic hair tends to grow, as well as the labia and the clitoris and the surrounding tissue. The vaginal inspection will include a visual exam of the introitus, which is the vaginal opening, and the urethra, which is a separate orifice at the top edge of the vagina where the urine exits. Then there's the speculum exam. I know this is better known to a lot of you as the clamps, the jaws, who knows? There's a lot of um, different special names for this. Um, but this is either a metal or a plastic device that's placed inside the vagina and then it opens um, to allow an exam of the internal vagina as well as the cervix. The cervix is the lower part of your uterus and it's the only part of your uterus that's going to be able to be seen visibly. The rest of your uterus is inside your abdomen or your belly and so this is the only part that we can see when we're doing the exam. If you're due for a pap smear, that will be collected at this time. I'll have a whole separate episode where I talk about the reason for the pap smears and go into detail on management of pap smears. But in short, the pap smear is the tiny soft bristle brush um, that is used during the exam and it collects cells from the cervix that then go into a container and are sent to the lab to check for precancerous changes to the cervix. It's all part of the screening and prevention process of cervical cancer. It also can be used to check for the HPV virus, which can cause the precancerous changes to the cervix. At this time of the speculum exam, when we visibly examine the cervix, in addition to taking the pap smear, we can also take swaps for sexually transmitted infections if that's something that you think would be helpful to evaluate. The remaining pelvic organs are internal for women. Unlike men, where the pelvic organs tend to be external, for women, we have internal organs, including our uterus, our fallopian tubes, and our ovaries. The final portion of the exam is called a bimanual exam. So it usually includes placement by the doctor of one or two fingers in the vagina and one hand on top of the lower portion of the belly or the lower abdomen. This allows your doctor to feel your pelvic organs to check for enlargements, masses, scar tissue, tenderness, or any other changes. And it's important when you're having the exam to let us know if there's anything going on. Obviously, it's not a comfortable situation, but if you have significant pain or you're noticing something in particular that seems unusual, definitely feel free to speak up on that. Sometimes a rectal exam or a rectovaginal exam can be performed. Usually, this is reserved for if there are specific symptoms or if we need to um, assess something that we felt on the bimanual exam in a different angle. 
Variations on the exam can be done based on specific symptoms or concerns. If you have worries before or during your exam, please speak up. You can always ask for a chaperone if no one is um, present and you feel more comfortable that way. Talking about this may be a bit of a trigger, so just want to give a heads up. But I did want to mention that I have several I have a number of patients who have had a history of abuse or assault or rape and um, also some with mental health concerns and it makes this exam very difficult. Um, so I want to mention that it doesn't have to be done in order to get health care for your pelvic assessment. In other words, it's an important component of the overall GYN exam, but if you know for sure that you can't tolerate a pelvic exam, but you feel like you're having symptoms and you sort of like to start the process of evaluation, you can still come to an appointment and just let us know that you've had uh, a path that's made this exam difficult and you're not quite ready today. My approach to this is that we do what you're comfortable with. I would rather that you come for your annual exam and we talk about your general health and we do whatever part of the assessment you're comfortable with than that you stay away because you're not ready for the exam at all. Everyone has a different past and present in terms of experiences, you're an individual. So talk to your doctor, listen to your body, and do what feels right. Another component of your GYN exam, if you're having an annual exam, would be your clinical breast exam. They're usually um, part of that exam. And just wanted to touch base because I know this can also be um, a sensitive area. So the breast exam usually includes a visual inspection of the breast to make sure that there are no skin changes or nipple changes. The physical exam includes palpation or feeling the breast tissue. This can occur in multiple positions, either sitting up, lying down, or both, and even standing. The breast tissue extends all the way into the armpit, so palpating the armpit is usually also part of that. The last part of the exam is to review the plan. For an annual exam, this is a discussion about what will um, help you stay healthy. This is based on both your age and your personal and your family history. Some examples of plan will include HPV vaccinations if they haven't already be do been done with your pediatrician as a, a um, preteen, um, conversation and planning about contraception um, for perimenopausal or menopausal women. If there's a desire, there may be a hormone replacement discussion and renewal. Um, there will also be potentially talk about sexual health um, and recommendations such as condoms for prevention. Healthy diet um, will be discussed, exercise, smoking cessation. Um, if genetic testing is indicated, that might be discussed. Otherwise, um, follow-up assessments such as um, having a regular exam with the primary care doctor for cardiovascular um, risk assessment may be discussed, 
breast screening such as mammogram or MRI may be um, ordered, colon screening, um, including colonoscopy or Cologuard might be encouraged and bone density. Um, otherwise, there may be a plan for follow-up for further assessment of the problems, for example, an ultrasound um, or medication discussion. This episode has been a general overview of a visit to the gynecologist, and it is designed to help you feel more comfortable with having your exam. Your experience and specific exam will obviously vary based on your reason for your visit, your history, your medical history, family history, um, your comfort level, and the recommendations of your doctor. If you have any questions and concerns, please use your visit as a time to ask these. Your gynecologist wants to help your symptoms resolve, or if you're coming for preventive care to help you stay healthy. We are your advocates. We want to work as a teammate in your health. As an aside, before I conclude, I just want to mention that your gynecologist is an expert in the pelvic organs. That generally means your uterus, fallopian tubes, ovaries, vagina, vulva. If you're having straightforward symptoms in some other area, we may be able to offer a simple assessment and a straightforward treatment. For example, urine culture and antibiotic for a urinary tract infection, topical treatment for straightforward hemorrhoids, recommendations for breast pain. However, if you have a more concerning issue or a chronic issue, we'll often refer you to the specialist of these organ systems, for example, urologist, GI doctor, or general surgeon, breast clinic, or breast surgeon. So um, that's just kind of differentiating what were the true experts in and things that we may have a relatively good understanding, but um, if it's a deeper, more concerning problem, would need extra input. Thank you so much for listening. Please send me your questions and I will do my best to answer them. This is your podcast, so tell me in Q&A section if you want to learn more about a specific topic.